WCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Why is there such disagreement among the witnesses of the Rendlesham Forest UFO incidents of 1980? Were those incidents just the tip of a very large iceberg? Were there incidents before and after that we know little or nothing about? So hello there, and welcome to the 326th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Those intriguing questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So tonight we have two old friends and two well, one new ones. so far. Well, one. <laughs> Well, and one new one uh, that, so far. It's, it's, it's just semantics. Semantics. Uh, and two new ones with us this evening, or, well, one in this case. So Jim Peniston and John Burroughs are familiar to our longtime listeners for the many hours they've spent with us on CBS Radio and Achieve Radio discussing the Rundlesham Forest UFO case. Rather than repeat the basics of the case, we can... Uh, at, or well, we should ask you to check out the 16 hours of podcasts at the Ronaldsham Show's link at www.behindtheparanormal.com. We also welcome British author Gary Osborne and Ronaldsham Conference 2012 organizer Gordy Goodger. Okay, and again, uh, as usual with these broadcasts, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know, Jim, having you guys on is an invitation to chaos. But in any case. Uh, we hope to get the John and the Gordy, I should say Gary, during the break, but we do have Gordy with us. And uh, last December, just to remind everyone, marked the 31st anniversary of the Rendlesham Forest UFO incidents, often referred to as Britain's Roswell, generally considered one of the most significant UFO events in recorded history, and certainly the best documented military encounter. The events went on for three, some would say four nights, December 26, 29, 1980. Just a bit of a bio here. Now retired, U.S. Air Force security personnel Jim Peniston and John Burroughs were both prime eyewitnesses to that event. British author Gary Osborne is an expert in mysticism and esoteric traditions and originator of the neutral point theory. And again, we hope to get him during the break. Gordy Goodger is organizer not only of past conferences near the site of the Woodbridge Bentwaters case, but of the Rendlesham Conference 2012 set to take place there in June. Hey everyone, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. It's good to be here. Thank you. Okay. So, wait, I forgot who we have with us. Uh, Gordy. Oh, yeah, right. Gordy's with us. Oh, okay, so, Gordy, what's going on, or what's going to happen in June? Well, hi there from uh, Suffolk, England. Um, June, we've got a major conference coming up. Uh, nine confirmed guest speakers so far. Um, June 16th, 17th. Okay, very good. Uh, you got you got a few more minutes if you want to tell us more. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, it's all right. Okay, well, good. Well, you'll be joining the discussion as we go, but we're very pleased to have you and uh, thank you for what you do. And I understand that that the uh, entire event is uh, going to be raising money for charity. Well, the last uh, two events we've done, we've given all the profit to charity, almost uh, three thousand uh, UK pounds. Children's charity and um, an animals charity, both local to this area of England, and um, we like to think that we've we've helped those guys out somewhat. And um, you know, these guys, these children, they've they've only got they're terminally ill, so we hope to 
think that we can make a difference. And with all the guest speakers who have generously uh, given their time free of charge, they're the ones who should be noted for their generosity in, in putting these uh, conferences or attending the conferences free of charge. Well done. Okay, so, Jim, yes. this next question is for you. We have lots of important things to cover, but just briefly, why is there so much friction among the Rendlesham witnesses? Almost uh, hate to bring it up. I don't really see any fr- friction at all with the witnesses. Okay. Well, there seems to be um, – I don't know. I mean, I hate to get into this because, it's, you know, you feel like you're in the in the sixth grade playground here. But, you know, there seems to be – between – the prime witnesses include all good friends of ours, uh, Larry, uh, Warren, and, uh, of course, uh, uh, Peter, uh, Peter Robbins, and then, of course, you and, and John, certainly. And then there are other fellows uh, who are involved as well. But uh, there, there seems to be um, – I don't know, just uh, some disagreement about what happened when and what is true and what's not in that business. If you don't want to answer that, I'll be delighted. No, it's, it's fine. I mean, John and I, uh, we've done a lot of research on it. And uh, when it started a couple of years ago, when John contacted me, and um, it's been an aggressive uh, plan of figuring out what happened and checking with agencies and everything else. And uh, we... Uh, uncovered a lot of information, a lot of evidence that uh, we want to go ahead and present in June. And um, I guess not everybody likes what we got are going to say. I guess it's the truth, but, okay. you know, if uh, the truth uh, hurts people, well, sorry to hear that. All right. Well, that's good enough for so, me. I mean, I mean, I think 32 years of, of um, you know, having stuff that's distorted that's out there and uh you know it's it's all kinds of reasons i mean like documentaries you know how they are all they worry about is making a buck tell me tell me about it yeah (laughs) yeah so you know they you know i remember the first one i did uh when i went over to england uh i was trying to describe the size of the object and he says i said it was triangular i says you know about nine feet long and they go you mean the size of the tank I says, uh, no, no. Tank is not nine feet. I says, uh, first of all, I have never seen a tank. I told him that. I've never seen a tank. I says, so I'm not really sure how big that is. And they said, well, it is. Just say tank. It's uh, it's our dollar or our pound. Huh. Yeah. They says, that's what you do. So yeah. then I got a little bit of uh, information. Well, that's how distortions happen, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we got a lot smarter since then. Well, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's the trick in life, I guess. I guess. Yeah. So, so what can you tell us about the binary code and how you got it and where you were researching it in? Or where are you in researching it? Uh, I'm not researching it. Uh, the binary code is being uh, – there's other professionals that are looking at that. Uh, I tell you what, I have trouble with algebra. Uh, the stuff that they're looking at is way above my head. And uh, one of the people that is uh, looking at that – uh, right now, and if you get them on uh, at the break, will be Gary, and Gary's one of the people that's looking at it, along with some uh, IT experts and some binary experts. And I hate using the word experts because, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, 
right. Well, we have a lot of questions from listeners here, and uh, but I, I just want to make one point. Uh, we're interested in looking beyond, and you're going to be on with us next week again, Jim, uh, which is something I appreciate, and hopefully we'll have no more technical technical difficulties. Something I've said for two years. Uh, we're interested in looking beyond the main Rendlesham incidents to other lesser known incidents, other paranormal phenomena in the area. One place we started on last week's show was an account by researcher Peter Robbins and your former colleague Larry Warren about encounters at Rendlesham Forest in 1988 that seemed to rival the original incidents. And after the show, uh, we got a request that Peter release the tape he says he has of that incident, and uh, we passed that on to him, and the response essentially was that uh, he will be talking, be playing some of that at the conference in June, and that it is transcribed in um, the uh, uh, book uh, Left at East Gate, which he and Larry wrote. So I just wanted to make that point because someone had, had brought that up. Uh, let me read one question. There are, I'm going to sum up several listener questions here, Jim, by just asking... Uh, one question that that, that uh, a lot of people have asked: Why did you wait so long to talk about the binary coke? Well, there's several reasons. Uh, first, uh, first time we even talked about the incident was probably in '94. I was still active duty, and uh, it was to be treated as top secret, like all witnesses did know that it was top secret that were interviewed, and. Um, uh, so we, we didn't talk about it prior to 1994, and we got a release upon our discharge uh, that nothing happened at Rendlesham, so therefore nothing was classified. So that gave us a green light to talk about it. As far as the binary, uh, I didn't know it was binary. I didn't know what binary was until uh, not too, you know, recently. I mean, not too yeah, many yeah. years ago. And uh, uh, up to that point, it was ones and zeros, and I thought that was more some kind of stress-related uh situation from the event um, writing this stuff down afterwards uh, and obviously uh, uh, there's no way in the world ones and zeros written on a piece of paper can mean anything that's what I thought Yeah, yeah. and so therefore it's a non-issue you don't talk about it mm-hmm. I mean and, and, this, and that shit was quite I did, it did come out with an interview with Linda Moulton Howe in 1996 it's in her book whatever the name of that book was. Um, and, uh, you know, I said, you know, about binary codes, first time I used that, but that was under hypnosis. And uh, that was the first time I, it was called binary by me. And she never pursued it, and I never said anything else after that. Uh, and it went in her book. And then uh, then I went to uh, a prior in 2010, we're getting ready to go over to uh, England, and we're doing a uh, we got our sponsor who's going to pay for the trip and that. We were doing a film uh, shoot down in Phoenix, and I have my book down there. I'm going through it, and I said, well, what's that? I said, that's the binary code. And they go, everybody's sort of freaked out, Every the film crew and Linda Moen Howe and John. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Said, well, where, well, how long you had that? I said, well, I wrote it the uh, day afterwards. Okay. okay. I'm afraid we're going to have to break here. Uh, Jim, uh, I should say Jim. Yeah, Jim will be right back with the Gordy, and we're going to try to get John Burroughs and uh, certainly um, uh, Gary Osborne uh, over the break, and we'll um, be right back. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, newskyradio.com. 
Stay with us. So what are you thankful for? The I'm Thankful Network explores the positive. Join host Sue Lundquist Tuesdays at noon Eastern Time, empowering women, empowering lives. The I'm Thankful Network on New Sky Radio. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, the Dr. Pat Show is alive with a distinctive blend of interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, educational, and practical information. Get in the know. Following Dr. Pat, join host Laura Lee for Laura Lee's Spirit Salon. Contact your dearly departed spirit guides and angels to find answers, closure, guidance, insight, revelations, and prophecy regarding matters of the heart by contacting the other side through acclaimed medium Laura Lee. You are not alone. Batter up. Life's a game. Win. Call and get advice from today's top coaches that are here to help you win the game of life. The Coach Me Network is live starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. NewSkyRadio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons. No Boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com. Mondays are motivational on New Sky Radio. At 1 p.m. Eastern Time, it's Voices of Soul with Gene Adrian and Lori Houston. Voices of Soul provides intuitive advice and assistance for all areas of your life. Gene and Lori combine years of background in the psychic and healing arts to help you find your answers and create the reality you desire and deserve. At 2 p.m. Eastern, join Sky host Kimmy Rosaff for interviews. Interviews features many of today's top metaphysical experts, authors, and speakers in the areas of mind, body, spirit, including people like Damian Brinkley, Greg Braden, and Dr. Patch Adams, and many others. Join the conversation. New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons. No Boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com. So what are you thankful for? The I'm Thankful Network explores the positive. Join host Sue Lundquist Tuesdays at noon Eastern Time, empowering women, empowering lives. The I'm Thankful Network on New Sky Radio. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, the Dr. Pat Show is alive with a distinctive blend of interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, educational and practical information. Get in the know. Following Dr. Pat, join host Laura Lee for Laura Lee's Spirit Salon. Contact your dearly departed spirit guides and angels to find answers, closure, guidance, insight, revelations, and prophecy regarding matters of the heart by contacting the other side through acclaimed medium Laura Lee. You are not alone. Batter up. Life's a game. Win. Call and get advice from today's top coaches that are here to help you win the game of life. The Coach Me Network is live starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. NewSkyRadio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons. No Boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com. Take CBS Radio The Sky with you wherever you go. Be sure to download the Radio.com app today from your mobile marketplace. And when you really want to know more, 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 be sure to visit NewSkyRadio.com. Get in deep with exclusive articles and Sky News. Get your weekly horoscope and the inside scoop on host events. Radio.com and NewSkyRadio.com. Stay connected. Help! I need somebody! Not just anybody. Help. You know I need someone. Help. Life's a game. Win. 
Call and get advice from today's top coaches that are here to help you run a business, offer legal advice, enrich your relationships, or guide you on the right career path. Our coaches are expert professionals in their field to help you win the game of life. Listen to Coach Me Radio, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. CBS Radio, The Sky, and NewSkyRadio.com are presented only for entertainment purposes and are not responsible for choices and decisions made as a result of such advice or other information offered. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. NewSkyRadio.com. And we're back uh, behind the paranormal, and uh, John Burroughs has joined us. And so we have John and Jim and Gordy Goodger from England, who is the organizer of the 2012 Rendlesham Conference, which we talked about in the beginning. And we've been speaking with John, uh, I should say Jim, asking certain certain questions, and we're glad to have uh, John Burroughs with us. So, fellas, um, okay, Ben, why don't you take this one? Because this is, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, wait, where? Oh, there it is. Okay, sorry. A little all over the place. This has been a really crazy show so far. <laughs> so, first of all, John and Jim, do you doubt the story and why? Also, do you know of other reported paranormal <laughs> events in uh, Rendlesham Forest, about uh, the Rendlesham Forest above and beyond what you've experienced? Yeah, the story we're talking about was when we left off, we are talking about the incident in... Uh, that supposedly occurred with Larry Warren and, and uh, Peter Robbins in... Was that 88 thing you said? Yeah, yeah. I never heard of it. That's the first I've heard of it. Okay, well, it's in their book, and they, uh, they again, they, they they have a tape of it, and uh, John, uh, I should say, uh, Peter assures us he's going to be playing it at the, or at least part of it at the, at the conference, and I don't know, just, uh, it's, that, that seemed to be a point but of contention. That sounds, no, that sounds like something you need to ask them. Uh, yeah, well, we did. We asked them last week. Oh, well, then what did you ask yeah. them for? Well, because you, you seem to... Uh, Disagree with it or had a problem? With I don't know nothing about. The, I don't want you talking. What is it about? Well, the, the description in the book is really quite striking. Uh, I What's to say, yeah, it. it, uh, it well, you go in 1988. They're they're coming up uh, at night on the Rendlesham Forest area where the events occurred in 1980, and they have uh, a number of lights occurring in the forest. There were Air Force personnel around. Uh, the bases were still open at the time. Oh yeah, I know. And, yeah. yeah, and there was a. Some yeah. sort of thing on the horizon. And oh, the, I remember reading like, that, but you know, yeah. eighty-eight. I, I don't care about eighty-eight. All I care yeah. about is December twenty-six, nineteen eighty. Okay, yeah. all right. And you got this. Now let's go back to the binary code. You received it when you touched the craft. Uh, yeah. Well, when I had uh, contact with it. So we interview a lot of people who have had similar experiences, but but they they sort of back off and they have a feeling they shouldn't touch this. Did you have a feeling that you should, or you just sort uh, of just went for it? After it stopped, I knew I shouldn't touch it again. I knew it was uh, not a good idea to touch it again. Did you ever get a radiation burns or any effects from the health effects that you know of from that? Yes, we. Uh, I had medical treatment uh, three weeks after the incident. Okay. I started then. Yeah. Now, John, let's just. Well, we're going to go all over that in June, though. All that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, and we did it during yeah. our own series. Uh, Jim, I should say, John, where were you during this again? Sorry, say again. Um, no, I say, wh- where were you during during the incident when when John was uh, when Jim was touching the craft? I never ever said I remember him actually touching, seeing him touch the craft. I was okay, there. all right. So, 
Okay. Well, one of the things that, that we're interested in getting at in this show, because as I said, we, we've covered this whole case in 16 hours. Nobody else has done that. Is other events that occur that you may have heard about or that Gordy may have heard about um, occurring in the area. See, our, our suspicion is that and, and we ourselves are going to be visiting the area in September. That'll be our first visit. Unfortunately, it'll be you know a couple months late for the conference. And um, there are a number of people who are always talking about the long, as it were, paranormal history of this of this area. Other things that have occurred. People routinely seeing things like ghosts, uh, black dogs, things that one would not ordinarily think would be associated with UFOs, but in our work, at times are. It seems to be an area where there are, are, are flaps that seem to occur to, for an extended period. When you were both at Bentwater. You were both at Bentwaters, right? Right. Okay, as as, a, as opposed to Woodbridge. Well, no, it, there's no. So you can't be stationed at Woodbridge. It's impossible. You, you were stationed at Bentwaters. Right. Yeah. Okay. When you both were there, did you hear stories before the incident occurred or after the incident occurred of other sorts of phenomena going on in the area? That it was sort of a hot area for strange events. No, not me. And what about the village of Butley? I understand that supposedly that was an area where, where there was a lot of uh, things going on. Witchcraft and all this stuff was supposedly going on. You oh, any of that? Well, there's witchcraft. That was over by Lathenham, I think it was, or somewhere around there. Yeah, Lathenham, okay. I think, is, uh, was a center for witches or something. There's some old folk- folklore for that, I'm sure. Okay. All right. Now, th- there is a an opinion that's circling around, has been for some time, that this whole thing was PSYOPs, you know, psychological warfare experiment sort of thing. Do you buy that? No. Do you have, do you have any? You don't. Okay. How come? Well, if, what, the United States is conducting experiments overseas? Is that what you're saying? Well, it might not be the United States. Oh. See, one, one, one of the things I think we need to consider here and that nobody has mentioned is that this, this is, may not even be. The government. I mean, the government itself may be just as much as a victim as you fellows are. There may be something deeper behind this. You know, not not to get nuts here with conspiracy theories, but there are a lot of funny things, one or two of which I ran into when I was in the military. That really couldn't be explained in normal terms, such as the government messing with people. Uh, well, how how would they implement that? I don't know. Oh, I, I, I don't know. It's impossible to implement like that. I mean, I why was, are these things considered such a threat, fellas? These incidents, or, or you talking about them? If 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 there's something, I don't, I, I just suspect there's something really awful behind all this. Maybe it's the government, maybe not. Of course, not all we can do is speculate. But I mean, if you don't if you don't believe this was psyops, then it was real. And the question we've asked all through our conversations with you, all through the sixteen hours series, was what is really going on? Of course, nobody really knows. Well. But but you but I think you maybe with, with your binary code maybe you do have an idea of what's going. We do know we have a pretty good idea, and we will brief that in June. And it gets into the time travelers, uh, which is which is no, just believe it. Never said that. Yeah. <laughs> well, let, okay, well, let, me, let me let me talk for a couple minutes, okay? Yeah, please, please, Paul. Everybody's trying to get the answer from us right now, and it's well, yeah. not going to work because. It's got to be presented with everything together at one time, and that's from A to Z, why A starts this way, B, C, D, Z. Everything adds up to this point, okay? And there's going to be documentation involved and everything else that we've been working on. And some people step forward now demanding that we tell them or 
um, that I was there and you need to tell me now. About three years ago, we decided to end all this. And what I mean by that is the speculation and everything else as best as we could. And we started making contact with people, starting to do things, do inquiries, um, and do all that. And we're putting it together. And if I tell you tonight it's something or give something away, and it's not all put out from A to Z, all it's going to do is cause a bigger uproar. Absolutely. Okay. Well, you tell us. All right. Well, uh, this involved more Steve Laplume than it did than it did Jim. At least uh, in the direct contact you and I had, John, on on these these uh, this binary code. And I was asking you if um, there were possibilities. Steve Laplume. Yeah. What does he have to do with it? Oh no no. Well, he and I think together. <laughs> oh, you talked about it with him. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, I don't think there's any big secret, certainly. But he, no, no, he, he doesn't claim to know any anything about this. Well, I know he wasn't there with me. That's why uh, I was wondering what, what you were talking about. Well, what we were talking about were, were the possibility of certain Earth coordinates emerging from this code, and uh, that, that doesn't. I don't. You, you don't seem to have indicated that that was the case. But John and I had a little bit of a, of a back and forth on uh, uh, earlier this year on, on right. where these coordinates might have been, and I was asking him certain things about. Certain information that I have, certainly not from the same source you do, but about, I mean, what are, are there Earth coordinates in in this code? I mean, it seemed as though. Yes. Okay. So, all right. You don't have to go any farther. I, I respect your, your wish to talk about this in June, and I'm not going to press Well, Gary, actually, Gary was going to go into that a little bit. Uh, yeah, well, unfortunately, he's not with us, because this is typical of our shows here, unfortunately. Hmm. Uh, we will try to reach him uh, during the next break uh, once again. But, in any case... Uh, Certainly, one of the um, okay. Well, well, actually, Ben had a good question here. Uh, oh, okay. So, Jim or John, do you agree with Colonel Halt's contention that you guys were messed with, quote unquote, by some agency after the 1980 incident? If so, how did that affect you two? Well, well, uh, messed with. Uh, does that mean getting brought in, debriefed? Uh... That's his term. Well, more more than debriefed. Well, you know, there, there there is because you you know better than anybody. There there are well, it's interrogation. I mean, that's what it was. They had to make sure we're telling the truth. Yeah, I know how it works, but I mean, I, I was never drugged or anything else like that. That you know, some of the uh, accusations or allegations that uh, those things occurred. Yeah, I yeah I agree. Uh, well, I can I can only speak for myself and. Uh, uh, there was, uh, you know, I did know that uh, John went down to the to the intel, but he don't remember that. So, see, there's certain things that he can't remember, and there's certain things I can't remember. Uh, uh, well, they indicate something was fishy. Yeah, they put in fences. I mean, uh, in uh, the fences, uh, they're, they're broken down. Most of them, for me, I mean, as of in December of uh, 2010. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, everything to me right now is crystal clear. So, was that by means of hypnosis? No, it's by uh, uh, it's a phenomena that happens with uh, witnesses. You take Very them true. back. You take yeah. them back to the crime scene, and uh, with the people you were there with, and you get recall. Well, the only thing is, sometimes that recall can be confabulation, supposedly, according to some psychologists. John, do you think that was you think that was the case? <laughs> Hey, hey, Paul, okay, every single piece of evidence in this case, in most cases, that ever come out, whether it's hypnosis or anything else, if it's something somebody doesn't want to hear, they'll spin it. 
Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, if this incident means anything in the future and what's going to happen and all the stuff that's going on, it'll come out. It'll play out. It, it really will. And and we, what I find funny is when people want to challenge us that weren't there, have no idea who we dealt with, what we dealt with, and everything else, and then they want to twist it and turn it. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's my main contention. It happens to us all the time. People weren't there and didn't right. see what we saw. That's the same thing. Right. It doesn't make Colonel any difference. Hall, as far as Colonel Hall goes, I challenged him when he came back out and said that again. And I said, "Where? where's the proof? Because I like the proof. I like the proof. And what I'm getting at, it's very clear. I know we were brought in. I know we were talked to. But he keeps running around saying that, you know, even Larry Warren was manipulated all that. And yet, where's the proof that we were, number one? And what I mean, hard proof, because if I get my hands on some of that, there's going to be, there's going to be, um, you know, I'll go ahead and take the legal action on this. Mm-hmm. Because none of us deserve to be worked over in that manner. So, does, is there some memory there that something happened? Yes. As soon as we can prove it, there's going to be some people in trouble. And that may be some of the reason why they're worried now, anyway. Yeah. Okay, well, let's leave that, and we'll move on to something else, but we have to take another break, unfortunately, and we will be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com, with our distinguished guests, John Burroughs, and certainly Jim Penniston, our good friend, and also, uh, hopefully we'll get Gordy Goodyear back, oh, we have Gordy, I guess, and we're going to get, uh, hopefully, Gary Osborne to join the discussion during the break, and we'll see how we... We uh, managed to do that, so stay with us. We'll be right back. Give up forever to touch you, because I know that you feel me somehow. You're the closest to heaven that I'll ever be. And I don't want to go home right now And all I can taste is this moment And all I can breathe is your light And sooner or later it's over I just don't want to
Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248 545 Solve. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. And we are back with our distinguished guests, Jim Penniston, John Burroughs, and Gordy Goodger. And Gordy is the organizer of the Rendlesham 2012 conference in England. And Gordy, why don't you uh, review with us about the conference, who's going to be there, and what is, and the charities that are involved in uh, the, being as beneficiaries. Well, we've got, um, as you know, John and Jim, um, Travis Walton, first time in the UK for 19 years, um, Bob Salas, Peter Robbins, and, of course, Larry Warren. Um, uh, Gary Osborne as well. That's, that's nine guest speakers we've got at the conference in Woodbridge. Just nine. Six miles. Wow. Nine over two days. Um, of course, there could always be some more added. We, we haven't finalized everyone yet, but, um, this is just six miles from where these events took place back in 1980. Um, something I've had an interest in since I was, well, when I first worked on the base in 85, that's the first thing I heard. <laughs> and, um, that's, what, 25 years now, and I've been fortunate enough, I guess, to be in the right place at the right time to meet quite a few of the eyewitnesses. And um, it's been a privilege for me to meet them. It's been a privilege for me to have the opportunity to um, put on these events. Um it's been hard work. It's um, it takes many many hours. This event alone, a thousand emails so far. I haven't even lost count of the amount of Facebook uh, messages that I've mm-hmm. had just on this. And it will be involving uh, charities for children and animals. Well, the last two events, uh, two thousand pounds to a children's charity, nearly seven hundred pounds to an animal charity. Who this the profit goes to this time? I don't really don't mind. That's that's up to um, whoever attends. They can all make suggestions. Anyone's welcome to email me, Facebook me, and nominate a charity. Okay. Uh, what is the email address, Gordy? Um, it's info at spaceportuk.com. Spaceportuk.com, and that's also your your website then. Yeah, the website is spaceportuk.com. Oh, very good. Okay. Flashevents.html. Oh, conference. I see. I see. Gary is um, available to talk with us now. I'm going to. Uh, we're going to have to wait till the break, though. I'm afraid. Oh, uh, yeah. He uh, must have misinterpreted the time. Anyway, let, let's uh, start with our reader. I, why do I, I say I'm a writer? I keep saying readers, <laughs> listener. <laughs> questions here. This is a relatively long one. Uh, Jim, or John certainly can answer this. Maybe it's aimed more at Jim. This refers to an expert who, and it's anonymous, I'm afraid, claims that when he decoded a message, must be the binary code he's talking about. Oh, actually, no, I think we have... I've got a message here on the board that we had... Someone, anyway, well, I'll, I'll continue this. He had to switch from an 8-bit to 7-bit groupings or vice versa in order to make sense of the message. He thinks this is okay. Uh, in other words, if something did not decipher properly, he would consider the next 7 bits instead of 8 to come up with a number to use. And this is very complicated. Why would ET transmit a message using this relatively crude method of communication, the binary code? And then expect us to change the ground rules for understanding it in the middle of a message. It seems as we've never said it was ET. 
Yeah, I know exactly. That's the first thing I thought you would say. Well, so, and the second thing is, is we'll send them a message back and ask them. I mean, um, yeah. when, when when we come out with this stuff, the guy that's worked on it, and Gary was going to touch on this a little bit if he gets on, is that he's taken it backwards and forwards and has figured it out according to him and can explain it. Okay. So when it's time for it to come out, he'll put it up. Um, and he, he's going to make it available and for discussion, and they can hash it out. It's just okay. simply what Jim said all along. He wrote some zeros and ones down when they when when Prometheus and I and I really they want to hammer on this. When Prometheus saw it in the notebook, they asked that they could have some sample pages. They wanted to have it analyzed. They okay. took it to their guy who analyzed this. They then decided, and, and you, they can verify this, send a, send a um, message to the uh, producer of the show. They were the ones that decided after their guy looked at it that there was something to it and that they wanted to change their whole show and run it around this. Yeah. Okay. They well, I'm, 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 I'm not going to – I hesitated to read that because you know, the expert, whoever that might be, was not on with us. So, uh, okay, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, here's one from Pam Kelly in hey. North Providence. No full names. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, dear. I'm always getting in trouble for that. Can I say where she's from? No. No. Rhode Island. Okay. <laughs> Good. Should read the fine like working with a cop. Hey, give me that. So she says, love your show, Paul and Ben. You ask questions that don't seem to occur on other to other talk show hosts. Uh, one thing you do is consider the possibility that aliens or whatever they may be might be hostile. So I'd like to ask your guests what they think of the exopolitics movement. Um, for your experiences, uh, or from your experiences, um, do they think these people are foolish to assume that aliens are good? Or could they, could there be good aliens and bad aliens? Uh, could they be indifferent? All right, let me just clarify. The exopolitics movement is, I'm sure, familiar to our guests, but perhaps to our listeners. Uh, there, there are issues with, uh, preparing to deal with an alien race, regardless of its origin, you know, extratemporal, extraterrestrial, extradimensional, whatever, as uh, more or less equals and to, to deal with it. It's setting up a form of diplomacy and communication. Some people think that's naive. Uh, do you fellows have any opinion on the exopolitics movement? Um, okay, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, they're assuming a lot of things, which is fine. And I guess in, if something ends up showing up here whenever it does, I guess we're going to find out at that point. Until then, that is, to me is one of the biggest speculations of out there at all. But that's fine. I mean, if they want to start a group and they want to do all that, I mean, how the heck do we know what's going to happen? I mean, <laughs> you know, I have no idea. Well... I'm going to go back to something you said earlier, Paul. Um, why would all right, let's, all right, let's look at this hypothetically, I guess. Uh, why would aliens send us a message in binary code? Good question. Why would they give me a craft that has similar markings, like we mark our aircraft, uh, the United States marked their aircraft. We have markings on our aircraft. They had markings on theirs. And because they're not alien. Right. I mean, I, I would suspect the same thing. So, again, all this is speculation. But um, anyway, let, let's go to the next question because I want to get some of these. Uh, oh, I guess we have another break. Okay, we will. this will give us a chance to get Gary uh, Osborne on here. So we're going to be right back behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, newskyradio.com. Stay with us.
CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. And we are back. We're in our last 10 minutes, unfortunately, but we do, fortunately, have Gary Osborne who has joined us. Uh, we had a bit of a time problem there. <laughs> Uh, speaking of time travelers. So, Gary, we've been talking a lot about the binary code. People have been writing in about it. What say yeah. you? <clears throat> Hi, Paul. <clears throat> yeah. How I became involved in this, it still puzzles me, really, and I have to keep taking a reality check. Um, I think it was around November 2010 that Tracy Farley, a ufologist and friend of mine on a well-known social networking website, had approached me to look at some symbols with a view to perhaps deciphering what they mean. So Tracy also contacted researcher Wayne Herschel, to look at these symbols. And Tracy said that these symbols were associated 
with the Rendlesham incident and was seen on the side of an unidentified triangular craft that Jim Penniston had witnessed and had drawn in his notebook. Okay. Well, after, well, after looking at the symbols for a short time, I sent a reply to Tracy and Wayne suggesting that, first of all, it might be a good idea to look and see if any of the archive crop circle photos match these triangle glyphs if this has not been done already. This was basically all, all that was said in these discussions. Then on 18th of November 2010, um, I then received a message from Jim Penniston himself who requests my help on something he wants answers to, adding that he will be visiting Rendlesham with John Burroughs between the 23rd and 29th of December that same year and asked if perhaps I could meet them there to discuss a few things. So I write back to Jim telling him that I'd be glad to help out and, what, and that I would try and make it even though it was during the Christmas holidays and it might be difficult, plus the fact that I'm now living in De- North Devon some 300 miles away. Anyway, as things turned out, and because I was visiting relatives at Christmas, I couldn't make it to the Renaultian Conference. Um, Jim then contacted me again on the 15th of January 2011 to ask if I would assist him with the rest of the pages of the code. He told me that within the remaining pages of the raw binary code data, a further six coordinates have been deciphered. Although I was intrigued, I really didn't know what Jim was talking about. He must have assumed that I did. I really wasn't up to speed with the full details of the Rendlesham Forest incident, and I certainly didn't know a thing about any binary codes. So then I asked about the codes, and Jim gave a brief explanation, sent me the YouTube segment of the video from the Ancient Aliens episode in which he and John talk about a binary code. Well, I hadn't seen this, and I found it fascinating, fascinating, but it also raised a lot of questions. I then surfed the Internet about the binary code and noted that there were many forums on the Internet discussing the codes and as in most things, there were both positive and negative responses to them. I also noted that people were expressing their frustration with the fact that the remaining pages hadn't been released yet and that people were desperate for new updates on the codes. So then I, I asked Jim why he was requesting my assistance on the codes. You know, why me? And he said that mutual friend and UFO investigator Tracy Farley advised him that he contact me as I might be able to help. So on the 3rd of February 2011, Jim then sent me a six sets of coordinates. This happened to be the same week that my co-author Scott Crichton and I had sent our last draft of the manuscript for a new book, The Giza Prophecy, off to the publishers. Okay, so I look at the six coordinates and immediately I recognise one of them as Giza in Egypt. And really, because over the years, a lot of my work had been focused on this location. I then input each of the six coordinates into Google Earth and I'm intrigued by the dramatic way the cursor was zooming in on these six locations around the world, all of them being related to some ancient site or UFO hotspot, as is the case with Sedona, which is one of the locations. Oh, yeah. Right, so these six locations are an ancient city in Central America, a location in South America, again, Sedona, North America. Arizona, yeah. Yeah, Giza, Egypt, an island in Greece, and a location in China. I then added the location of High Brazil, which was already given the first pages from Jim's notebook, presented in the Ancient Aliens video segment. Yeah, which this is makes, a, a, was yeah. It a sunken island off off Cornwall or some, something like that? Off of Ireland, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, go so this, Yeah, so that makes seven locations in total. Now, many of these, if not all of them, were and are associated with the ancient cultures of their respective regions. So Jim's initial thoughts about this were that the locations given in the code could have possible high and or anomalous EM electromagnetic activity 
and that they may be interdimensional portals of some kind that are perhaps used by the intelligences as he came into contact with on the early morning of the 26th of December 1980. As did John, you know, I shouldn't leave him out. Uh, anyway. <laughs> we're, we're, we're with you, we're with you. Anyway, okay, so what I discovered from working on these seven coordinates is that they linked together to produce a picture that reflected my own research work and discoveries, which was soon going to be published for the first time in the book, The Giza Prophecy. Well, that amazed me, and I thought about this. And after doing several control tests, I had to uh, discount... Sorry. No, I don't know what that was, but go ahead. Okay. Well, anyway, I thought, well, after doing several control tests, I had to discount the possibility that I could be projecting my own research work onto the codes. Um, it was only later that I also thought about the timing of this, you know, because um, Jim first requested my help on the 15th of January 2011, 10 years after I had first discovered the information that I now received reflected in the binary code data, and almost exactly one year to the day when the book The Giza Prophecy was officially published in the States on the 18th of January 2012. I received Jim Penniston's six remaining coordinates in an email on the 3rd of February 2011, also the very same week, when the last draft of the manuscript had been sent to our publishers in the traditions. However, again, this date is almost exactly one year to the date when the Giza Prophecy was officially released in the UK on the 1st of February 2012. Gary, so I'm, I'm going to have to stop you. I'm so sorry. We're just about out of time. But you, can you join us next week? Yes, yeah, sure. Okay, very good. Well, I'm John, Jim, and, and, and Gordy. You're welcome to as well. Uh, back next week. And uh, we'll continue this fascinating discussion. I think we're getting to the meat of the matter here, certainly. Yeah. Fellas, thank you. It's always a great pleasure and an honor to have you with us. Gary, you're a new friend. We'll have you back you. next week and, and uh, many times afterwards, I hope. Thanks, Paul. Sorry about okay. the time difference. No, no. Well, I wish you guys would catch up with the time. Times. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk to you next week. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you during the weekend. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll uh, continue next week. Cheers, Paul. Okay, very good. Bye. Okay, All so right. many thanks to our producer, Will Kosnick, and we'll see you next Sunday, March 18th, when we will continue our discussion with John Burroughs, Jim Penniston, also Gary Osborne, and Gordy Goodger on the theme Beyond Rendlesham. And in the meantime, tune into our Boston uh, Providence Drive Time show on WOON 1240 AM at com at 6 p.m. Eastern Time every Monday. And you can always, of course, get the free podcast of the shows, almost up, almost up to 400 now. Show schedules and guest info at BehindTheParanormal.com. And we leave you with a thought from the 19th century American author and activist, Elizabeth Cady Stanton. Quote, truth is the only safe ground to stand upon, unquote.